0: And the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I just start by saying that everyone here is looking fabulous, by the way? Know thyself. Know thyself. This is one of the inscriptions on the famous Temple of Delphi from ancient Greece. And often nowadays, this gets interpreted in fairly superficial terms, meaning learn what you truly love, learn what you truly value. In this late stage of Lent, we're given St. Mary of Egypt a saint more than any who embodies the meaning of repentance. And she shows what we mean in the Orthodox Church with these words, know thyself, and what to do when one has discovered oneself. So there's something archetypal in St. Mary of Egypt, something common to all people, I believe. She embodies both the tragedy, but also the hope that can await all people. So what we're looking at today has to do with what we've been trying to do all Lent, really what we're trying to do in all our Christian lives, to leave behind the old and to become the new. So a brief overview of her life and a more detailed one will come a little bit later in the service. But at the age of 12, she runs away from home and she gives herself completely to a life of sin. One day she sees a large group of people heading to Jerusalem for the procession of the Holy Cross. And she decides to join them, to cause mischief, not out of any piety or holiness. When they get there, she tries to enter the church, but an invisible force stops her. And this happens three or four times. And she's suddenly aware of what's going on. And she starts to weep. And she sees an icon of the Mother of God in the church. And she prays, perhaps for the first time in her life, and begins to repent. And then she's able to enter the church. And she vowed to change her ways and she went into the desert to do so. Now this is the first thing I'd like to focus on. She had a realization of her sinfulness. She knew herself, perhaps for the first time in her life. She saw herself as she really was, hopelessly lost. And this is a very important part of spiritual growth. To see how much we are in fact enmeshed in our sins, mired in a way of of thinking, of acting, of intending, and of speaking that is so far off the mark, so far off the path of holiness and life that one is tempted to despair at the realization. Often it takes us a long time to have this realization. Perhaps many of us are in a process of gradually coming to understand ourselves more and more. And sadly for many people, they will never see themselves as they truly are. Sometimes life, I think, seems like a cruel and absurd joke, that despite our best attempts, we find ourselves caught in a web of sins and harmful passions. No matter what we do, the ancient Greeks wrestled with this, and in the, in, in the play Oedipus Rex by Sophocles, a prophecy is, uh, is out about this king, King Oedipus, that he would kill his own father and do other terrible things too. So when he hears about this prophecy, he tries his best to avoid fulfilling it. He even leaves the city, right? But no matter what he does, he ends up actually doing the steps needed to fulfill the very prophecy itself. And he went from being a loved king, a hero, to someone utterly ruined and in disgrace. And I think this is a metaphor for our own lives, that no matter what we do, we are caught in a web of our own making, lost in the passions. St. Paul puts it this way. In his letter to the Romans, I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And we only realize the extent of the damage that we cause to ourselves and to others too late. We wake up to ourselves too late. The great poet of the 20th century, T.S. Eliot, puts it this way in a poem late in his life for quartets as he looks upon, in his words, the rending pain of reenactment of all that you have done and been, the shame of motives late revealed, and the awareness of things ill done and done to others harm, which once you took for exercise of virtue, then fool's approval stings and honor stains. From wrong to wrong, the exasperated spirit proceeds, unless restored by that refining fire. Before we know it, we too have eaten of the apple like Adam and Eve we too have sold our birthright like Esau. We too have wandered in the desert and have been taken off into exile like the children of Israel. And like St. Mary, we have forgotten our true selves. The question is, will we find ourselves? And when we do, what will we do with that knowledge? Because it is a great gift to have this awareness. St. Isaac the Syrian says that the person who is conscious of his sins is greater than he who profits the whole world by the sight of his countenance. The person who sighs over his soul for but one hour is greater than he who raises the dead by his prayer. The person who is deemed worthy to see himself is greater than he who is deemed worthy to see the angels. And this is because if we know the truth of what is happening, then we can do something about it. It's only when we acknowledge that we lack something that we are open in humility to receive help and acknowledge that we need to change, and let the grace of the Holy Spirit act in our lives. And we can be sure that if we think we're not that bad, we have not yet had our true selves revealed to us. Now, once St. Mary has this moment of realization, she takes action. She flees into the desert. Now, this is not just an arbitrary and thoughtless move, but she is applying the exact remedy that people who struggled with lust used to do. To fast, to pray, to observe vigils or pray at night, to move away physically from people or situations that will cause a downfall. In her actions, we see wholeheartedness and single-mindedness. It's got nothing to do with trying to appease God, but about restoring an inner order. And this is what she finds after near 50 years in the desert. She finds order within. She receives the Holy Spirit. She also finds order, and order is restored with other people. When an elder Zosima, more on him a little bit later, comes and finds her, she blesses him when previously she used people for her pleasures. Order is restored with, in fact, the all of creation. Rather than defiling the earth by her deeds, we see at the end of her life, a lion comes to help dig her grave. Now, sometimes we think animals in saints' stories are just legends. Are they really true? But what we see in the saints is that they've restored the, the, the order that God intended with all creation. So even the animals and wild beasts are at peace with the saints. And she's even able to walk across the water just like Christ did. Inner order is restored. Now, to get to this stage, she had to endure agony and trial like a crucifixion, and this is where our gospel story comes in today. In the gospel, Jesus takes the disciples aside, and he speaks of being beaten, spat upon, rejected, humiliated, and killed. And what this shows us is, for anyone who walks the path of Christ, we are also going to endure great suffering. Not literal crucifixion, but suffering nonetheless in combating our passions. Each remedy for combating the passions is excruciating to us in our fallen state. For those like St. Mary who are used to satisfying their urges, not being able to because you're fasting or abstaining or for whatever other reason is like a crucifixion. It's perhaps in modern terms a withdrawal from that which we are uh, addicted to. For those who struggle with anger, resentment, bitterness, bitterness towards others, the remedy is to pray for them and do good things for them. Do good things for your enemies? That is like a crucifixion. For those who struggle with greed with avarice, with getting more and more, the remedy is to spend money and time on other people. And if you struggle with this, that feels like a crucifixion. For those who struggle with pride, the remedy is to welcome and accept humiliations, rejections, indignities. Who's up for that? If you struggle with that, that is excruciating for you. And for those who struggle with worry and anxiety, the remedy is to give control to God. And give up the attempt to micromanage or engineer every facet of your life. And if that's hard for you, then that is excruciating. No wonder St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, 24, that those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. These aren't just abstract words, but they are things that play themselves out in very concrete ways every day of our lives as we seek to overcome our sins by God's help but maybe we want to be more like James and John right Jesus has said these very serious words and it's like it's gone right over their heads, right they're like so where are we going to sit again in the coming kingdom your right and at your left it's like they've it just has not sunk in at all The thought of crucifixion and suffering was completely off the radar. Now, they did learn it eventually and became the great saints that they are. But maybe we too feel like these words are just going over our heads, right? If we feel like our struggle for holiness isn't actually hurting, doesn't feel somewhat akin to a crucifixion, then we need to press in a little harder, right? In farming terms, perhaps we're walking with the plow, but the blade hasn't sunk into the earth yet. Right? It's pretty easy to walk along with the plow. But as soon as that blade sinks into the earth, then you're really working. Right? Then you're really putting in effort. And then you can actually hope to grow something. Now, this story is not just about St. Mary, but also interweaved within her story is the story of St. Uh, Zosima, the elder. He's a very holy man. In fact, he's so holy that he's convinced that no one is as holy as as he is. And he's really tempted to kind of have this prideful thought. And when he prayed, if he was unsurpassed, an angel told him to go to this monastery at the Jordan River. So he goes and he sees all these monks there preparing for Lent. They're gathering some food and they're going to wander off into the desert to pray for the Lenten fast. He does the same. He wanders for 10 days, and uh, 20 days rather, and he comes across St. Mary. After all these years, her clothes have worn away, her hair is covering her body, and uh, he's afraid because St. Mary calls him by name, and she knows that he's a priest. So he's wondering what this creature could possibly be in in the middle of the Palestinian desert. And there's this funny moment where they're both asking each other for a blessing, right? She's asking Elder Zosima for a blessing because he's a priest. He realizes she's holy. He's asking her. For a blessing. Finally, out of obedience, she relents and she's gonna bless him. She starts to pray and she levitates off the ground, right? Now he's really scared, Elder uh, Zossima is. And he suspects her of being perhaps a demon or even a hypocrite, like a heretic, right? And she can read his mind and she says to beware of the temptations of the devil. And that's when he realizes that he's in the presence of a saint. And he begs for her to tell him her story. And that's how we get the story of St. Mary of Egypt. And he was humbled in her presence. We think we're pretty good until we measure ourselves by the standard of Christ and the saints. Why it's, importantly to continue, uh, why it's important to continually read the scriptures and the lives of the saints. As St. Saint John Climacus says in his letter. a solitary horse can often imagine itself to be at full gallop but when it finds itself in a herd, then it finds out how slow it actually is. So no matter whether we are people who are still discovering ourselves in the process of repenting or seasoned and advanced in a spiritual life, there is is an opportunity for humility and growth. Truly knowing ourselves is what we've been praying for all Lent, isn't it? Grant me to see my own faults We pray every day in the prayer of St. Ephraim. Do we know what we're saying when we pray that? It's like, careful what you wish for, right? Grant me to see my own faults. It's going to present us with an enormous challenge. It will either make us recoil in horror because we don't like what is there, right? The ignorance is bliss approach, pretend it's not happening. Or it could lead us to despair at our own condition, and the inescapability of our fallen fate, like the ancient Greeks wrestled with. Or, like St. Mary, it will cause us to repent from our hearts, and rather than being paralyzed in despondency, being active in the concrete steps the church gives us to conquer our passions with God's help. This is painful. It's like a crucifixion. But God himself is with us, and this is the path to life. I was speaking to a parishioner yesterday and she put this beautifully. She said that God only shows us our sins because of his great love for us. He wants us to be free. And let's not forget, as the book of Hebrews says as well, that in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood like Christ did. He is with us. He is guiding us, helping us and encouraging us, taking us from the death of our fallen self to life in him, through the prayers of Saint Mary of Egypt, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.